0: Welcome to this week's episode of Stand Out, growing in the organizing and productivity profession brought to you by NAPO, the National Association of Productivity and Organizing Professionals. Every episode, we will learn from NAPO members and subject matter experts as they share their successes, challenges, best practices, proven strategies, industry developments, and more. Please welcome our host, professional organizer, Sarah Karakayan.
1: Hello there, and welcome to Stand Out, the podcast that is all about growing in the organizing and productivity business. My name is Sarah Karakayan, professional organizer, and of course, your host, Today, we're going to talk about strengths and maximizing your potential, and I think this is important from a personal standpoint and a business standpoint because it can be very hard today. We are being pulled in so many different directions, and there are so many different ways our businesses can go. How do we make sense of it all? How can we take time to hone in on our strengths, use them to our advantage so we can maximize our potential as community members? business owners, rock store employees, and creative problem solvers. So our guest today will leave us with tips and pointers to get us started in the right direction. Sandy A. Lane is a seasoned leader with a wide range of experience spanning from a partner in a CPA firm to founding member in a $45 million entrepreneurial startup to advising entrepreneurs, solopreneurs, and thought leaders. She has led many not-for-profit boards and community initiatives. A certified strengths coach for Gallup and experienced facilitator and speaker, she works with organizations and people to maximize their potential. So I cannot wait to dive into this interview. From a personal standpoint, Sandy is a small-town girl at heart, raising three boys, surviving a divorce, logging in many flight miles with a two-city 2nd marriage and now as a new empty nester is exploring new parts of the U.S. to call home base. From following the path most travel to happily coloring outside the lines, Sandy uses storytelling her life experiences to motivate others to create their own path to purpose. Sandy's passion is in helping people reach their ideals, both in themselves and in their endeavors. She uses strength coaching as a platform for maximizing the power of teams and individual potential and her lengthy experience in everything business and people to bring success to her community. Her unique skill is understanding how to build financial success while aligning the power and edge of the human element has been described as her secret sauce. And I hope she'll tell all during this interview. So Sandy, Andy, welcome to our show.
2: Thank you, Sarah. Glad to be here. Love this podcast and happy to be a part of it.
1: We need you. There are so... I mean, I'm a business owner and I've been in business about five years and I talk with colleagues all the time who are business owners or wanting to start a business or maybe they're part of a startup on the employee side and they have a vested interest in the business growing. And there's just so many options out there. And I feel like along the way, you can forget why you got into business and you can forget what it is that you why they were why you were hired to do what you do or why you thought about starting in the first place. So before we get into all that, can you just take us on your journey from kind of where it all started that led you to where you are today? Yes.
2: And I'll try to say it quickly because you know the older I get, the longer that journey is.
1: I often say
2: back in the beginning, I've always had a lot of interest, but I'm right in the middle between left brain and right brain thinking. So I went into accounting, but I was very torn between art and finance. And my very practical father was very smart in saying, pushing me toward the accounting side. The edge that that's always given me. So I, I've been in the accounting world. I worked at a CPA firm, was a young partner there. The other thing, too, is back in this would have been, you know, in the 90s. The late 90s that I became the first female partner of our firm. We grew very large. Always had the financial side, but ran the consulting business, which meant and a lot in healthcare, which meant working a lot with people and humans and consulting more one-on-one and helping with transactional type business. Was at the CPA firm, but then found too, as I got, as I got older and my life changed back to the personal story kind of defines what you do day to day, I knew I wanted to tap more into the artsy side of what I did and explore a little bit more on my own. Worked on the startup. I've always loved working with entrepreneurs. Had a lot of healthcare experience. Went on to work with a large startup. That was an amazing experience. It's one thing to consult on. it. It's a whole other thing to be the person rolling up your sleeves and doing it. That startup that I worked, it was out of Omaha, Nebraska, still going, going strong. Decided from there to start working individually with people and business owners. And I always look at the people because even though it's working with the business, it's people that run it, it's people that are growing it for success. Working with those people in getting to their goals and their ideals and really make... Helping get the marriage between what you're looking for personally with what you're trying to achieve financially. And it's almost impossible to break out those two sides. But the clarification with purpose and the steps you need to get there and how you want to live your life day by day, because the reality is, unless you're retired, most people have a day job and maybe it's or they 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 they're earning a living to pay their bills and how you marriage those together has a big impact on your ultimate happiness. And how you plan your path to success, you have to look at both sides. So it's the marriage between the two. So I really feel like I've gotten to that place. I've got the strong financial background, but my purpose now is, it doesn't matter if it's somebody who says, I wanna have my own business because I enjoy the thrill of that achievement, I have something I love doing, versus somebody who says, I wanna grow something and sell it later. Helping those people reach their ideals serves my purpose, and using my background and skill set to get them there gives me great joy.
1: So then, talk to us exactly what it means to be a strength coach. What does that entail? And do, is that where you start when you first meet with a solopreneur, an entrepreneur, a business? Or let us know what what does that mean. A strength coach
2: is it's usually using the Gallup product, which is Clifton StrengthsFinder. That's been, it, it was developed by Don Clifton back in the 1970s. And really, it's another tool. It's a, it's the tool that I chose because of the depth of the assessment. There are 34 different strengths that are looked at from a combined basis, but it's a platform for self-awareness. So to answer your question, where I start with any solopreneur, entrepreneur, business owner is making sure that I understand where they're coming from. And conversations get you there, but having a platform that starts that conversation and begins that narrative is where I like to start. So I use other assessments as well, but the reason I chose to be a strengths coach is because of the depth of the the data and how quickly people, after taking the assessment and reading it, felt like they identified with it and we were having a conversation that was very unique to them. So, back to what strengths is, in probably the most simplistic, simplistic way to put it is there's a lot of assessments that give you four quadrants, or maybe there's a few different ways to look at it, and it's always engaging, and I've taken probably every one of those, and this is more of a deep dive, and so what I've found is the platform of the Clifton Strengths test is a very, very unique, it's one in 300,000 that you have the same top five strengths as somebody else in that same order. So it's, it's very personalized, the person, and it starts that conversation of knowing where they're at in the real. Who am I? What defines me? And it begins the conversation of, I always start with the who, and then I move to the what. And a lot of times people want to start with the what. I want to be independent. I need to, my kids are out of the house. I want to start something new. That might be the what, but you've got to dig down to the who to get to the what and using the strengths and the coaching, and even business partners. I might have two people that want to start a business together. Sometimes they're married, sometimes they're not. Sometimes they have a long-term friendship, sometimes it's new. It begins that power of power and edge of uh, maximizing the team dynamics, being the same. There are great things to that because you understand someone who's just like you because you're wired like them, But differences in strengths and differences in what you bring to the table brings a larger dimension to bringing success to the what of what you're trying to do. So I start with strengths. And if it's not strengths, no matter what, we start with the who. And 95% of the time, we start with a conversation around the strengths assessment to build onto the what.
1: So would you recommend listeners check out this strengths finding test on their own? And is that helpful? Or do you think they need to marry that with someone who really understands what to do with that information that we get at the end of the test to to then move forward and see how we can apply it to our own lives and businesses?
2: You know, anybody taking the test, like with any self-awareness, I would say I would recommend taking the assessment. I think it's great to take the assessment, get a personal understanding of it. If you have a a specific need, like starting your own business, if it's purely curiosity and self-awareness, because I think self-awareness is always a great tool. I hear a podcast I'm always picking up nuggets, taking a new, there's new things out there, there's quizzes, there's reading about other people. I think self-awareness is such a great tool for any individual. So taking the test is a great next step. If you're trying to meet a specific goal, whether it's personal or business, align with a coach to help get you there because self-awareness is great, but it's the action, how to pair it with the action that that having a coach bridges that. Mm -hmm. Self-awareness is great. Understanding is great, but so many times people will take different assessments or leave a conference and learn something new, but how to how to match that with actionable next steps is the key to getting the true success out of the assessment.
1: And I'm sure you've worked with enough individuals at this point to kind of see patterns on what those action items are that will get your client the biggest impact in the end. I mean, there's going to be self-exploration. I think no matter what we do, we'll, we'll decide, do one path. And we learn halfway down there that, oh, you know, now we have to take this turn or or go back two steps so we can get those three steps forward. But aligning yourself with a coach in some way, I think ends up being a fast track in the end. Because also it's that outside looking in on us. We know ourselves sometimes so well that that we tend to miss those strengths that other people can see so clearly. Do you find that to be true?
2: Yes. And actually, I have a good example of that back to sometimes it's the simplest nuggets And when I had taken the strengths, I I actually have a good personal example, I took the strengths assessment, you could buy the book, very much like EQ, you can buy the book, take the assessment in the back, and really did some work around it, worked with some other females in my company to talk about how our differences could be strengths among us, but I didn't hire a coach. Later, when I decided before I went to the startup, I really had decided I, I, I need to make a change, I need to, I want to do something different, and I hired a strengths coach, And one of my top strengths is Maximizer, okay? And I'm betting a lot of your listeners can uh, relate to this or probably have this pretty high. Maximizer is really wanting to be very efficient and get the best out of whether it's a workflow, whether it's an end product. So you're, you're really kind of taking out the waste. It's almost like a lean stick stigma thought process where you're getting to the end, taking out the waste, and you see the most efficient and best way to get there what my coach told me and it sticks with me yet today was kind of a it was a bit of a blind spot I had I was always going for that but I didn't always communicate it very well and I had a tendency to say use the words that's a waste of time and keep in mind I was in the service business so somebody might orchestrate a plan on how to get a project done and I my innate strength was knowing how to get it done the best way but how I communicated that came across very negatively to others that coach pointed out one little thing to me, and I gotta tell you, to this day, I still think about when I come up with a solution, how I describe it to others, and how I need to map out my steps and getting there to get their buy-in. Number one, and to be respectful that to be respectful of the fact that they didn't actually get to the same spot that I did, but it was one little nugget that coach told me that I wouldn't have looked at myself.
1: Right, and I and I feel it's how we communicate. Well, well help you put that process in place. Well, otherwise, if you set it in a negative tone or a way that other people will get defensive, it ends up elongating the the designing of the process anyway. So it's... it's And part of it is
2: understanding that other team members, they don't have your same strengths. So just what, what comes so easily to me does not come easily to them. And the flip side is there are things that come very easily to them that don't come easily to me. So it's understanding the differences and then also pushing up the strengths to make sure we're using the, the, we're getting people to use their best skill set and what comes naturally to them the most, most of the time.
1: And I'm sure this applies to not only our coworkers, our partners, our associates, but also our clients as organizers and, and productivity specialists. If we can know our clients' strengths a bit better and how those strengths communicate with our strengths, well, that, that, that will help our working relationship tremendously, I, I assume.
2: Sarah, that's a great point. And the other side is you're not going to tell your clients or ask them, I want you to take the strengths. You could. You know, there's some situations where I work with clients that are, you know, they didn't hire me from a, from, from a strength standpoint that I will ask them to take the strengths. But you, you might be working with 10 different people and you're not going to have the attorney, the accountant, the different people on the job take the strengths. But understanding yours very, very well and understanding all the variations helps you to the ones you're good at and the ones you're not as good at that, you, that aren't your go-to superpowers. You're going to recognize those in other people quickly, more quickly and you're going to be able to react and develop team better. So you might not have your clients take it, but but it's understanding how they're all a little bit different and then gaining a skill set of what resonates with that one person where you can use it to somebody with a similar human wiring for success because they're not all the same.
1: Right. Even if two people are in a business together, they obviously want, let's say I have a business partner and we're both, we love organizing and productivity or what have you. And But that doesn't mean that we both tick the same way. So even recognizing those idiosyncrasies will will help us get to the end game quicker.
2: Right. Very much so.
1: So it's not only know yourself, but you have to know those who you're involved with at a higher level if we really want to maximize the time it takes to get to the end goal. Very much so. So I, very have, so I have a tricky question for you, but we're going to take a very quick break to hear a message from Napo. But when we get back, I've got a question. and I cannot wait to hear how Sandy answers it. So we'll be right back.
0: The National Association of Productivity and Organizing Professionals is proud to offer NAPO University courses in various formats to accommodate different learning styles and further your education when and how you wish. And don't forget about the NAPO Annual Conference being held April 3rd through the 7th in Fort Worth, Texas, featuring pre conference workshops, over 30 concurrent sessions, president's reception, and keynote speakers, Michelle Prince, and New York Times best selling author of The Happiness Project, Gretchen Rubin. More information can be found online at napo.net.
1: All right, we're back. I have Sandy A. Lane here. We're talking about finding your strengths so that you can maximize your potential. But here's my question for you, Sandy. And I'm sure you get this all the time from people who want to push back on this or, or what have you. But if we know what our strengths are, do you feel like that ever could put us in danger of putting ourselves in a box and not tried to branch out other parts of our personality that maybe aren't as strong, but we could lean into and maybe find a strength we never knew we had or we didn't shine through on a test? Or, or what do you say to people who wonder if that kind of puts them in a box? You know, Sarah,
2: that's a great point because I'm, I get very bucky about putting people in a box and making, you know, I'm very careful back to even generational or you're, you're this person, you're that person. The, the big thing with strengths is understanding what comes naturally to you, what brings you joy and how you do it, but then also understanding the, 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 the less go-to strengths that you have. There's some that you definitely want to refine, some that are, I'll give you an example, empathy. Empathy is the ability to walk in somebody else's shoes. It's innate. It's those people that almost feel like you, you, you talk to them, they're almost like they're, they're empaths. You know, they know how you're feeling. My husband's number 34. There are 34 strengths. His number 34 is empathy. Okay? <laughs> so this is his last one. This is his last one. Okay. And it really made him sad when he first took it and people can get that way. It's like, the, the, what's on the bottom doesn't mean you don't have them. They're not your go-to. If you met my husband, you would say, wow, he is a really kind person. He's very understanding. Empathy or a strength is not so much a human characteristic, it's how you get to that point. He's a great listener. He's high in belief. He has a lot of great strengths that allow him uh, he has a lot of great strengths that help him in understanding other people and wanting to know that. But if I'm going to teach him empathy, I don't know if I'll ever teach him how to just innately walk in somebody's shoes, but he's going to ask 20 good questions on how to get there and he's going to take the time to get to know that person. So the point of not putting him in a box is making sure that back to strengthening, ask a lot of questions, get to know that person, be aware that there might be something going on in the room that you didn't pick up on, lean on someone that is higher in empathy within your team that might pick up on something in that situation that you didn't see. So part of it is, will he ever be more intuitive if he works on it? He probably, it can get better through self-awareness, but how does he work to what he wants to achieve through that by using the strengths he has? Because typically, yes, it's good to better different things, but if it's not a go-to thing that is at the bottom of your list, you're probably not going to use it. An example for me would be discipline. Then his running joke for me is I'm low in discipline, but I love to go to the gym. I run with my running pals. I'm in every competition there is well, I'm driven by the people. I love being by people. I feel accountable. I love a network. And that's what gets me there. It's not checking the box and saying, I have to go to the gym today. Will I ever get better in discipline? And do I like that box? No, but I'm aware of it. And I use my other strengths to make sure I keep it in check and make sure that I pair it with other things that come very naturally to me to, to use that discipline to get things done.
1: So, if we're solopreneurs and we're just starting out, and we we we've taken the test, we've worked with a coach, and we know where we're where our weak points are, maybe maybe I should say what we're not as strong at in. How do we, as money strapped solopreneurs, we're in this on our own. How do we find ways to fill in those gaps that might help us in our business journey? Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. One thing I want to say too
2: to. Answer this question and to add to the last question you had, there is no profile for the perfect entrepreneur, the perfect salesperson, the perfect consultant. Okay, the best. The analogy is, if you want, it's going to school. If you picked your three favorite teachers, they probably weren't exactly the same, and I bet they had different top strengths. Okay, so first is being successful as an entrepreneur, a solopreneur, is understanding what your go-to strengths are, and not just taking, reading it, understanding it, and saying, I, this, this nails me, you know, and doing that deep dive into what comes very naturally, what are your natural strengths, your go-to, and then using those to mirror how you do your day-to-day, and partnering with the people that help you get those done. So, Uh, for me and if you look at back to the 34 strengths they come in four domains okay that helps bring it down to here's my here's my DNA picture the DNA if you're looking at your DNA strip here are my main strengths in order and the ones that that are my go-to which are usually the top really the top 10 but then they fall in four different quadrants executing thinking influencing and people okay so if I am that's listening to this podcast and I find that I'm really high in relationship, I would make sure that that most of mine are relationship. I'm probably going to make sure I've partnered with a good bookkeeper to keep my books, that I've partnered with somebody. Maybe that person's going to get the bills out. I'm going to, maybe I've, I'm high in influencing too. And it's going to match what i'm thinking right like gosh i really get a big charge out of when i when i go to bed at night and i closed on three deals and i had great conversations with clients and i felt success with them but i'm looking at my books and i need to get my invoices out and i have the financial yes can i do it but does it fill my bucket not really partner with the person that does that because there are a ton of people that that fills their bucket But they would rather sit by that computer and get things done than to go to those four meetings you had and deal with people all day. Okay, Could they do it? Yes, the people side. But you found a partnership because you have to get the invoices out and get paid to have a business. So that's a very simple uh, example of partnering. Another one is influence. Maybe you're very, very good with people and that person, but you're not good at closing the sale, right? You're not a good closer or the influencing or you don't really like to send the proposal out for services it's finding somebody who's not just executing but partnering with somebody who's helping you close on those deals that's helping you get it past the line of just being a not just the personal side but growing the business side so it's finding those ways again back to the what maybe it's starting whether you're starting small or you have a big audacious goal of growing it by four times by the end of the year? Who do you need to partner with? Back with hours in the day, what things fill your bucket and you do the best with what those
1: voids are? Right. So if you are, but if you are, you know, starting out, you know, and you feel like partnering is is something that you can't do. If you understand your strengths better and you know that I'm not good at getting invoices out, but I can't afford a bookkeeper just yet. And maybe you put that on your list of this is the first person I'm going to hire because I know... That'll make the difference. Are there ways we can lean into our strengths to help us with our weaknesses? Like, does that make sense? Can we, are there any like fun tips or games that we can implement to make that invoicing more rewarding for us so we can get that done until we get to the point where that's the first thing we outsource, which is exactly what I did in my business?
2: <laughs> yep. You know, there is. And I'd say one big thing is, you know, it has to get done. You you almost have to, you have to get the invoice. Let's use the invoice example. You have to get the invoices out in order to have a business, but you love doing the other side, creating, maybe working on the invoice template is a lot of fun, right? Or doing the crafty side. You almost have to put on, once I get done with these things that I really enjoy doing, I have to spend one hour every night working on these top three things that have to be done. And you're almost rewarding yourself by doing the things that are fun and fill your bucket. But you have that have to, by the close of every day, I have to get these invoices out and then find maybe tools that are more, like like for instance, accounting. There are so many different accounting packages out there. Some are very accountant-ish, debit and credit. There's a lot of great ones that are more they keep it so simplistic to the business owner and the cost is about the same in the cloud. And again, I don't want to advocate for anyone, but there are many that are out there that are more fun to work with than others so I'd say research something that is that is more toward your skill set because you don't maybe you don't want to see what the debits and the credits and and you're not going to run 20 reports at the end of the year but you just want to get the invoicing done so make sure you get that platform that is more aligned with how you like to see it or maybe you like to see back to choose the accounting you like to see the fun graphs to show progress or that you're doing something great. There are a lot of software packages that you can put those KPIs on the front of your screen because maybe you're motivated and you like to see how many new clients you came in or really uh, the progress and the amount that you're billing. Pick those things that are more enticing to get into that it doesn't feel like you're in a class you couldn't stand in high school, right? So you're really providing incentives, but telling yourself, In order to do the things I love, I also have to do. These are the half to things that I don't enjoy.
1: I love that. And find those because you're right. There are so many. I mean, there are so many CRMs or project management or accounting software pieces out there, and they're all designed different. So I'm actually personally shopping for a new CRM right now. And it's so funny that these trials, I'm kind of like, oh, I don't want to invest time in these trials. But at the same time, even the interface, like if it's bright and happy and easy to click around, I'm all in because that's you know something I'm easier to navigate those things. Whereas if you give me too many details, it's mind overload and I'm going to get overwhelmed very quickly. So I think that's a great tip. Like you don't have to use the, the same platform that you've been using for a while that your friend recommended because they think it's great it and not be great for you.
2: We live in a world where there's so many options. And the other thing is, Lean into people the way you feel most comfortable too, because they don't, you don't have to, you, you, everyone has a lot of connections and utilize those people to help you in finding the right thing, making other connections, helping you along the way. Everybody, there's a lot of relationship strength and everyone has some relationship strength. Some people are in, in the strengths world, they call, uh, there's, there's a word that's actually influencing, but it's called winning people over that's that person. And I've got will. So if you told me, go into, we want you to go into this room and there's a thousand people and we're going to give you three minutes to come up with a speech. I'd be like, wow, that sounds like fun. I'll do that. <laughs> and there are other people that, that aren't wired like that, right? And that doesn't make it any better that are relators and relators have a very small group of, of, uh, they're very picky about their acquaintances, but the relationships are deep and, They build on those relationships and everyone has connections and people who want to help them out, whether it's a customer that wants to give out a great referral, someone to write on your website. You don't know anything about CRM's to reach out to those people. Use your strengths, whether it's your small community or your big community to help you lean in as you're growing your business. But, but use what comes naturally to you. It's okay to keep going back to that small network because they're, they're doing the same to you. That's why you have a tight small network of people is you're there for each other. And if you've got the woo or you like the, the, go out and do that and keep asking the questions and educating yourself. Because there's lots of ways to keep moving, even if you're not at the spot to hire a lot of people to do things for you. It's amazing of what people want to do for you or who have already done the research and can help lead you in that direction. And for the ones that know you really well, they're going to help you decipher that too.
1: And I would say this is a great reason. There are so many reasons to join local associations or groups or networking meetups, those sorts of things, because especially if you're a solopreneur, it can feel very lonely. And, but you're told all the time that you can't do it alone. And that doesn't mean you have to build a big team that's on your payroll, but to join something in town or online where you can feel like these are your people, but even if they're your people, they're all going to bring different things to the table.
2: It's a great point. You know, back when I talked about when I took the Strengths 2.0 that had to have been back in the late 90s or early 2000s. A group of women, they all wanted to be a female partner at the CPA firm. I was the only female partner. And what they were told, we didn't have an HR director at the time. This was back in the day. They were told, just do what Sandy does and you can become a partner. And I thought, innately, I thought, this is so wrong. Why? We all we do things differently. And so they looked at me and they thought, you know, back to, well, I don't want to go into a room of, They saw how I did things and that didn't look like fun to them. And it kind of was scary. Well, we worked around that and back to strengths and building networks really to build a business because it was a service business was to build a network. And what we worked on together was how we were going to do that. And some people, they loved educate. They were natural learners. They partnered with another person and they went out and did, they did more learning type series. They still did the meetups, but they would tag team, because they felt more comfortable going together and being more of a partnership. There were some people that put on presentations. There were some that did more. They started the meetup groups and did it with smaller groups of people. But what was amazing was we all got accomplished what we wanted to, and that was to build a business with happy customers. But we went about it from the social and from the networking standpoint in completely different ways. And everybody was happy in the end because they did it in a way that was naturally within their strengths and felt good to them, where they felt genuine. Because everyone, you only feel good about something if you're being genuine and authentic as well. So you need to find an approach that, that matches what comes naturally to you. But there's so many different ways to do it.
1: Yeah, I have two different ways of thinking that I, I hear people say. Oh, it's not different ways, but I'm sure you can help me marry them. One being that's kind of me hearing all the advice from Pete, my mentors, and stuff going through starting a business. Where it's like, don't look too much in other businesses, you know, too much because then you might cloud the way that you would have done something building a business that's more tailored to your vision. You know, if we all created businesses with the same vision, there'd be a pretty boring and bland world. But at the same time, I often get told, it's good to be outside my comfort zone. So what does that mean to don't look at too many other businesses too deeply or compare yourself too much because then you lose sight of who you are versus, but it's great to be outside your comfort zone. So how do you make sense of that?
2: The way I marry those is don't try to be like other businesses, but learn from other businesses because there's probably a lot of nuggets you can pick up. I think it's very short-sighted not to look at other businesses because you can learn so much. And I actually heard someone describe it as that their best mentor told them when they came up with a solution, the mentor would tell them, now turn it upside down. If it was something completely different, how would you look at it? So I would look at it as it's always good to look at other businesses. Don't try to mirror and be exactly like them, but pick up the nuggets that best apply and resonate to you. Learn from them. And turn it upside down once in a while and say, am I looking at this right? Or am I so into my comfort zone that I don't want to look at it differently? And probably half the time you're going to go back to where you're natural, where you're naturally leading to. But the other half the time you're going to either modify how you would look at it, have a fresh set of eyes in, in how you want to develop that plan, or you might even turn it upside down and say, you know, I never thought about doing it that way. I think I can, I think I can, I, I, I think I want to give that a try. So I think it's not mirroring, but learning. That's how I would change that word is it's always good. You you can pick up so many great things from other people, but how do you incorporate that into your vision and what works best for your company?
1: That's kind of the whole make it your own nugget of advice you often get, I feel.
2: Right, right. Make it your own. But be open to listen and be open to try different things. This isn't about, okay, this is exactly, this is my DNA. This is how I have to do things. You know, the flip side is I'll have people say to me, I'll I'll use the empathy example again. Ha, ha, ha. I have no empathy. I guess somebody else needs to talk with them. Nope. You're always dealing with people. You know, that doesn't give you a buy for not doing that. Yeah, right. right. It doesn't give. My husband a buy for not and, and he, but also it tells me like think of that that's a partnership he and I are a partnership I also know is if if I want to communicate something to him he's not going to innately get it by the silent treatment or by me saying nothing I have just from the very beginning I know I this is how I feel this is what I'm thinking and we have a great conversation it's understanding how to best communicate. But not having something, if I don't have discipline, that's not my buy to say, oh, you know what? I'm just giving up on everything because I have no discipline to do it. It's challenging yourself back to that box. Don't put yourself in a box because you said I, it's self-understanding and knowing how to get to where you need using the strengths that you have.
1: Right. Right. It's making that the shortest distance is a straight line. And I feel like if we know exactly how how to get to that end goal, it's going to make it so much more enjoyable. And it doesn't have to be this terrible struggle the entire time. And I don't know why I've, I don't know where I've gotten that from, but I feel like when I'm in that flow and I feel great, I'm like, God, maybe I'm doing something wrong because nothing's hard right now. But I think we end up finding out what our strengths are and maybe we're just not paying attention to it. And so it's that realizing.
2: Exactly. Yeah exactly which gets back to taking the strengths assessment starts this narrative because it's just when people do things what i find is when people are really really good at things they just assume everybody else is as good at them as they are okay so they won't so if i was having a conversation with you without any platform i would probably pick up on things but it would be more difficult to get to because you just think everybody is like that you know there are things that i do very well that i just assume everybody else does very well and it provides a great conversation on, wow, you know, this, you mean not, not everybody else does this normally and, and this has not come as easily to them. And it gives a great conversation and it's a self-awareness for others too. Other people can't pick up on somebody's feelings just by walking in the room. No, they really can't. Or, or they, they, are people not naturally going to come up with the best solution because their mind goes there first? No. And that's not a bad thing. You know, I always say it's good for me, back to the maximizer, it's good for me to go back and take those, there's a lot to come out of taking the steps to get there because it helps formalize my thought process and how I quickly got there. So yeah, the narrative is important and it's good to really look at what you are really good at because sometimes we, I don't want to say we take it for granted, but we don't see it because it's just so commonplace for
1: us. And that's a great, if you're a listener right now and you're, you're new at, at this whole organizing and productivity thing, I think that's what shocked me in the beginning was I finally started taking on my own clients and I would be afraid to suggest things because I thought they would be too simple. And I was always looking for that harder solution when I got more comfortable I gave them the first thought that came to my head, and those are the solutions that kind of blew their mind. And I was like, "That is so simple!" But I cannot believe I just rocked their world in a great way. And and you know, until you feel that and experience that, it, it's hard to really know what that means. But you're so right. We all tick in different ways, and I think that's that's why we work. That's why businesses exist, is because I can solve this problem for you, and I'm sure you can solve this problem for me. And yeah, that's a great point. Is there anything else we haven't covered that you think our listeners would benefit from this conversation of, of knowing who you are and, and how we can apply that to our business?
2: You know, I think back to I'll piggyback on what you just said about understanding, really understanding someone's real before you move to their ideal. I always get back to that because and people might not even know or fully be able, fully be able to embrace what their real is today. And sometimes it's the most simplistic things, Like my real today is I actually don't have that many hours in the day because I have a small child at home. I have I'm caring for an ailing parent, you know, whatever it is. It's, they might think, I'm talking to my business coach. I'm talking to my organizer. They don't want to hear about this. Everything plays together. The We as people, we don't have these separate pieces of us that are separated that we look at differently. And if we do, we're probably not going to have success. We don't compartmentalize what we do at home versus business. It all has to blend together. So part of the real is picking up on things that might seem like they're the easy things but the things that are out there that we have to work around to get there it might be a financial constraint it might be uh but starting in the real and having the the baseline conversations and the baseline conversations on the whole person is going to help get to that ideal that they're trying to achieve and there's nothing i don't think there's anything that's too simplistic or too small the reality is we can all give big reports or sound very impressive by but by having a lot of nuggets that they get out of it, but people can only take on three things at once, and everything is within building blocks, and I find overwhelming people with too many things that, aren't, that can't be easily accomplished, it ends up getting put in a drawer or put aside, and it just doesn't happen. So you start small, you start in the real, and you build on it knowing the bait, you got to start with a baseline where you're on the same page.
1: Right. Can you leave, I like to ask all of our guests, leave our, our listeners with two sticky notes, two high impact items that they can jot down on a sticky note, put up on their wall and help them change their business. As soon as this week, what, what two nuggets of information would you like to leave our listeners with?
2: You know, I would say always start with the who and then go to the what would be one. It's a simple one. And the other one would be, you know, I'm going to reiterate what we just got done talking about. Start with the real and move to the ideal. Real gets you to the ideal.
1: So be honest with yourself. I, my one of my favorite sayings is "You do you." I say that to my clients all the time. They they I want to that. emulate me or, or say, I, I, you know, I'm jealous of the way you live or that was such a brilliant solution I never would have thought of that. And it's like, sure, and that's why I'm here to help you. But you need to do you in your home or in your business. And like you said, like learn from other businesses, but then solve those issues the way that you would solve them knowing now how that worked out for that other business, right?
2: Right. And not that I get a third sticky, but the third one would be have the courage to create your own path. You know, don't let society, don't let every, your path is unique to you. Your strengths, your, it's unique to you. Have the courage to forge your own path and make it your path.
1: Yep. Yep. That's what makes life beautiful. All right, Sandy, where can our listeners get connected with you? Where do you hang out online? The best place is
2: to go to my website, and it's sandyalane.com. There's a contact, there's several different ways to contact that way, and that will come directly to my email. That'd probably be the best way. I do have, you know, back to, I, 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 communication is high on my list. And I love to write, and I'm a storyteller. I have a blog site, and you can connect to that on Facebook, and it's under Sandy A. Lane Blog, so you can find that there on Facebook as well if there's an interest that the, the website would probably be the best then you to get a hold of me.
1: First place to start, your home on the web. I love that. Okay. Well, thank you so much for your time, Sandy. Listeners, how about you? I always ask you every time, what can you do today or this week to make a change in your business for the better? Do you need to do you a little more often? Should you explore what your strengths are? Really hone in, start with the real, and then you can work towards your ideal. And what does that mean for you? I know, for me, I always try to make things more complicated than they need to be. And if I just looked at myself a little harder and and loved myself a little more, I think it would make all the difference in the world. And I want the same thing for you. So I'm Sarah and That wraps up this episode of Stand Out. And thank you, as always, for being here with me and learning with me. If you like this podcast, if you're able to walk away with any nuggets of inspiration or something valuable, please leave us a review, hit that subscribe button and feel free to let us know because we want to reach as many organizing and productivity professionals as possible. So in addition to subscribing and leaving us that very essential review, please feel free to share this and every episode with your colleagues, your team, or whoever else might benefit. I look forward to hanging out with you next time, and I'll talk to you then.
0: That's all for today's episode of Stand Out, brought to you by NAPO, the National Association of Productivity and Organizing Professionals. Be sure to visit napo.net to join, learn more about our educational offerings, local chapters, and more.